Good day and welcome to episode 67 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and as always, I'm joined by the lore connoisseur himself, Matt Martinez. Hey! Hey, Matt! <laughs> Hello. And that was a pun. this week, we're joined by the Empress of Stardew Valley, Christine. How are you, Christine? I'm good. How are you? Doing swell. It's Valentine's Day here. Love is in the air again. Uh, you know, no romance topic this week, though, thank God. So... <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun this episode, but how have you guys been? Good. Good. <laughs> I got my order from Forever 21 in the mail. Very nice. What'd you get? This is clothing. Because I <laughs> well, Marie kondo yeah. my <laughs> my closet this past weekend. So threw, well, threw some stuff out, have a huge bag to donate. And then I was like, well, I need clothes. So I ordered some. Nice. And I only kept... What brings me joy? Yeah, it shit's all the rage right right about now, you know? Yes, I participate in all fads. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And Christine, how are you? I'm doing great. I got a little Valentine heart from a student. It's so cute. And it just like made my day. Oh. So That's oh, yeah, I saw a that. lovely yeah. day. Yes. Get and some how good are you? chocolates. Yeah, well, I got chocolate from just my hoard of food. But uh, how's your day, Steve? <laughs> My day's been great. You know, we got the weekend coming up. We got Far Cry New Dawn downloading on the PS4 as we speak. I'm looking forward to playing that. Oh, wow. All right. going to be a good weekend. Three-day weekend as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, we got the charity stream next weekend I'm looking forward to. That I'll mention in a little bit. And, unfortunately, Manny's not with us because he's locked in an eternal battle with Cupid himself. Oh. It's an archery showdown, the likes of which we have never seen before. So hopefully he can avoid being plucked by Cupid's arrow in the face. But in the meantime, we got to keep the house clean. So please follow us on social media. We are at plus one player on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at plus the number one player. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash plus one player. Head on over to the website, which is plus one player.com. There you'll find all of our podcasts, all of our content, and of course links to our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash plus one player. We stream nearly every night of the week, and we have a great charity stream coming up next weekend. Well, it'll actually be this Saturday by the time this episode this, comes yes. out. And so I'll mention that in just a little bit. So go check us out on twitch.tv slash plus one player. And of course, on the website and in the Twitter bio, you can find links to the Discord. Come on and join the community. We have a great group of people. We're having great conversations all the time. So come on and hang out. Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case we don't want to hang out with you. So fuck off. Oh, bye. And if you've enjoyed all of the content, if you've enjoyed hanging out in the Discord community, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every single dollar we get will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. We've actually got a couple of new Patreon supporters and we always love having new folks join that rad group of folks. So if you're feeling generous, think of becoming a Patreon supporter. And of course, can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the sponsor of the show, and that's Nerdiest Brands, but I'll tell you about that a little bit later. And as I mentioned, so this Saturday, February 23rd, from 9 a.m. Eastern Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we are going to be doing a charity stream, teaming up with Jimmy Good and the folks at Critical Reviews, and every single dollar that we raise will go right to Canines for Warriors, which of course is a great organization that works to pair service dogs with veterans. If you want to find out more about Canines for Warriors, go on over to caninesforwarriors.org and you can check them out. They're a great charity. We're very excited to be working with them and we're very excited to be streaming some fun games with some great people all day on February 23rd. So we hope to see you there at twitch.tv slash plus one player. And with that, the house is clean. So, Matt, episode 67. We're cruising in these episode counts. We're getting so close to 70. What are we talking about this week? It's very exciting. We are very close to 70. We can get so Social Security now. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, in this episode, we are going to start off with Guess That Game, where we give a clue, and the other folks have to figure out what game uh, we're talking about. And you can play along with us at home from the comfort of your chair. Yes. And then we're going to move on to the topic of the pod, which is mechanics in video games. So some of our, we're going to discuss some of our favorite mechanics and potentially where they came from 
and discuss why they make games better. Mm -hmm. And then we'll end with patch notes where we will discuss some news. And that will be that. That will be that. It's a good good episode. That will be that. So why don't we start off with guess that game. So the way this works is that we've all come up with some clues or descriptions about a game that are intentionally vague or they might rhyme or be in haiku form. Nobody knows yet. It's been done before. It's been done before. (laughs) And the other two folks have to guess what game that person is describing. So guess with us at home and make sure you call in with your own guess that game that we can try and figure out yes uh, next next week and what's the phone number they can call into 347-509-5620 great Fantastic. so who wants to go first i can i can dial it up do it so here's Di- my first dial one. it up dial it up small kid in a big city avoiding bumbling criminals what type of hijinks await okay my my very initial reaction was spider-man but you said small kid in a big city running away from criminals Chalk full of criminals yeah. oh no no just avoiding Cri- bumbling criminals bumbling and you said hijinks i feel like that terminology is a clue there Little are boy. there are hijinks well he's a he's a young boy <laughs> young boy i wouldn't he's he's a little older in this one i will say that oh my god uh <laughs> This I will. I'll give you guys a, a, a big hint before you even ask questions. Because remember, the, the way this game works, the two people guessing get a total of six questions between the two of them. Oh, I'll good. give you. I'll give you one. I forgot that rule. One <laughs> hint, though. This is a throwback to mm. a joke we had months ago. Oh no! Is this a real game? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a real game. <laughs> oh, I that's was a question. Thinking, like, is it is? I know. I know. That's what? a question. <laughs> I have used whose shoes are these as this before, so... <laughs> well, well, no, I yeah. used that for who said it. <laughs> is this a pre-2000s game? Yes. Okay. Oh, pre-2000s? Yeah. Okay. Is this a... So it's an older game. Nintendo game. Which Nintendo? Uh, was this well, game on a Nintendo console? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe it was, but the, uh, because I'm a little unsure, I'll say among other similar consoles at the time. So basically, it's not an exclusive game. Okay. Mm. So you've asked three questions. You still have three more mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Small kid in a big city avoiding bumbling criminals. What type of hijinks await? Is this like a series of games? So I believe... There were multiple in this franchise, but it's more than just a game franchise. Okay, so it's probably like a movie or a book. Uh, wait. (laughs) Is it a Home Alone game? Yes, which one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Christine, where did you pull that out of? Is it uh, like Home Alone 2, Escape from New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. See, that's the throwback to when I was talking about how when I hacked the SNES Classic, I started playing all these, like, old movie games, and Matt was joking about playing Home Alone 2. That hint. Because I actually played it. Like, saying it's a franchise. Home Alone 2. Good job, Christine. So, I get you. That means you get to go next. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Feel free to be a benevolent or evil ruler of your kingdom, by establishing an orphanage or child labor sweatshop. Is this Animal Crossing Tom Nook? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's... um, I forget which one, but it's either Fable 2 or 3. Yes, it is one of those. Oh, wow. Yes. I think it's quick. Fable 3. It is Fable right? 3, Fable 3? yes. Yeah. That was That's quick. the one where you become like mayor, right? You're, yeah, you're like the or prince something. or princess of the kingdom and mm. like you get like exiled because your brother is a dick. <laughs> and he's like, I'm oh, thanks, going to bro. kill you. Blah. And then when you like, go around restoring the city, it's like, oh. You can like choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to earn money or help the poor? <laughs> okay, here's mine. Trail of eggs left behind. Colorful beasts roam. Is this Yoshi's Island? Oh, oh shit. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that was... Fucking good I job. loved Yoshi's Island. <laughs> yeah, cool. so did I. I remember playing it at my cousin's house like over and over Such again. Such a good game. Back to okay. you. Okay. 
Betrayed by your mentor and friend, you're tasked with hacking your way to the top for the safety of your family. Is this Watch Dogs? It is Watch Dogs. <laughs> oh my, Christine's on a fucking roll. This is the fastest Guess That she's Game gotten in every history Sorry. of Guess That Game. This wow. is incredible. I don't mean to be No, so. you're doing very well. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Take your pick of games here. Create a sick tea or deliver some hot beats. Jackbox, is it? Yes. Yeah, it's Jackbox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was still, yeah. <laughs> right, my turn. <laughs> this one's hard. Maybe not. Here it is. Hidden in maps, waiting to be tamed. Is this Monster Hunter World? No. Uh, That's what I was thinking. That's a like, question. Uh, I was like, I don't understand. That yeah, counts that, as yeah, a question. That definitely counts as a um, question. No argument there. Did this game come out in the last five years? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it did. All right. It did. Sorry. I no, would have said okay. yes, but I was sipping wine. Hidden in maps, waiting to be tamed. Have I played this game, to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge, but I would assume yes. Okay. Is this a game that you have played within the last month? No. That's Quattro, baby. Is this game multi-platform? No. I feel like it has to be a PC game then. But I feel like with PC games, I feel like they're always on like at least Xbox if they're... Matt has know. an Xbox, but I can't remember the last time you played it. <laughs> because it could be a Switch game. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do have a Switch. But I don't think it's on the Switch. So I'm thinking it's a PC game. Yeah. In the last five years, you think I've played it? That's five questions, too, so I can't even... Ugh. Are the things waiting to be tamed, <laughs> are they known as divine beasts? No. I was thinking it might be Breath of the Wild. Okay, so can I give hints now? I'll take Please. a hint. <laughs> <laughs> You're not thinking about one platform of game delivery. Mobile? System. Mobile game. Is this map awareness 2K18? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mo map. Oh my god. Mo map. I forgot See, about that. That's another overlore hashtag. I forgot about overlore. Mo map. Mo map. So it's it, then I'm imagining it's a mobile game. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Things waiting to be tamed that are hidden on the map. <laughs> They're not really hidden, but I'm thinking maybe Pokemon Go. It oh. is Pokemon oh, Go. Okay. They're not hidden. They're totally. I was going to ask. <laughs> I'm so annoyed because I was going to ask if this is a Pokemon game. <laughs> all right, Joltina, I'm telling us all to get fucked. I guess I'll read my last one. <laughs> a futuristic past marred an alien conflict. Hold off the infection to defeat your enemies and save the human race. Okay, can you read that once more, too? A futuristic past marred an alien conflict. Hold off the infection to defeat your enemies and save the human race. Does Metroid take place in the past? I don't think I don't know. I've never played it. I've, I've played one Metroid game, and it was a long time ago. Futuristic past... Would be Star Wars. Oh, oh, is it? Is it? Is it? Um, is it? Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not that. Oh. That's a question. That's one. Yeah, I know. I got excited. Has this game come out in the last five years? Nope. Okay, so oh, fuck. Did this? Was this game on a console that I owned? I don't think so. Judging by your, it's probably another b- Nintendo game, Christine. Microsoft. Because hmm. what, Steve? Because he he bought the the Xbox. When Xbox. he was talking about that, they're influential mm. games. Oh, GameCube. Hmm. Nintendo. So maybe it is a Metroid game. I, I don't think know you're not the story. Thinking of my gaming history very much. Yeah. If you... I would assume is it it's like, like a... WrestleMania 2004. <laughs> Stop. I, I don't. Maybe... I don't. If there was a WrestleMania game that involved infectious diseases and aliens, <laughs> I didn't play that one. I'll tell you that. Oh, what's the? Uh... Probably something on PlayStation. No, the shooter. Did you talk about it on last week's podcast? I don't know if I talked about this one on last week's podcast. Oh, never mind then. It's not so calm. It's not not so calm, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it was PS2. Because I didn't have... Oh, yeah, maybe it is PS2. I had a PS2, but I didn't... Was it on PlayStation 2? It was not. 
Fuck. <laughs> was it on GameCube? It was not. That's like four Fuck. questions. You have two questions left. Okay, read it once more. Okay. A futuristic past marred an alien conflict. Hold off the infection to defeat your enemies and save the human race. Was this on a console older than PlayStation 2? Nope. Okay, so. And it's not GameCube? No. That's five questions. You got one question left. So it is Xbox? But you said I didn't play it. So it's PC? No, no, so he just, he's not saying. These are, no, I'm talking to Christine. Not oh, you. I'm like, no. You're just like skipping generations of gaming systems. <laughs> it's not older than PS2 generation. And it oh, it's not older less. than PS2? It's not older. Yeah, so it's not so like it's PS2. Between, oh, so it's more recent. It's between recent. PS2 and before now. the last five years. Yeah. Ah, which is like the Wii U. Nobody else had <laughs> it that. It was on me. the Wii U. Oh, all right, I'll give you a hint. What system would I have been playing like 10 years ago? When did the PS3 come out? <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming. The PS3, I guess. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> okay. So it's on the PS3, and there's aliens, and it's in the oh, past. Aliens. But it's like a future... It's a futuristic take on the past. Aliens. With aliens, aliens and an infection. Uh, oh, no. This, this, I'll give you another hint. This was a PlayStation exclusive franchise. Ninja Gaiden. It's not even, not even right. It's not even right. Not even close. I think you guys might be stumped on this one. I, I just, be. I just like, I did not know. pay attention to the PS3 at all. Well, you missed yeah. out then. Because this franchise really. was underrated. One of my favorite first-person shooters I've ever played. Resistance Fall of Man. Oh, I would have never guessed There's that. literally no chance no. of it was a great game. ever guessing. I think you talked about that game like once with Manny. I've talked about it. I know I've talked about it a few times. It's come up here and there, but that's why I'm going to talk about it today during the game mechanics topic because there's a specific mechanic in that game that I loved. Nice. Well, I'm glad we sat here for 20 minutes trying to figure that out. Hey, you guys got stuck. Stink. Yes, stink. That was tough. This is my favorite one. It's easy, but it's funny. Edges Gama. Depo Waka Jamu Ipa Depa Friwa A Lefi A Lay O Depa Dewa. Is it The Sims. Yes. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I translated it into Simlish. It's like it's in, really in this, funny. In this game, you are God, and you can create your friends and live a great life. <laughs> wow. Jeez. All right. Here's my last one. The Stumper. Little creatures. Lots of wallpaper. Wait, is this um? This little know. big planet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was no. What's the fucking pinata one? I forget. It's not Viva Pinata. Okay. <laughs> no, like, that oh. is a fantastic game. Is this a mobile game? No. <laughs> so it was a two questions so far. Lots of wallpaper. Is this come out in the past two years? No. It's older. Little creatures. Lots of wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> uh, so is it like one of those like artsy games where it's like? Probably. Is that a question? No, it's, I'm thinking out loud. Okay. To your knowledge, has anyone on the plus one player team played this game other than you? So I've played it. Yes. I don't know if anyone else has played it for certain, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's a game you would like, mm-hmm. and it's a game Kate would like. Mm-hmm. Not sure if Matt would like it. Don't think Steve would. Is this an exclusive game, like exclusive to a console thing? Yeah. yeah it, it is. is. Four? Okay. Is it on the Switch? Uh, no. So it's exclusive to five questions. Zoom PC? PC. Yeah. It's not currently on the Switch. So it's coming to the Switch. I think you only have one question left, by the way. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ask one last question so I can give you a hint. Are the little creatures commonly referred to as household pets? What do you mean? Like, if uh, do the creatures in the game, are are they something that if they were a real animal, they'd be a household like pet? Like, you can have Pokemon as a household pet kind of question? Like, I don't, I don't think I just... Basically, I'm saying it's like, are these creatures like a dog or a cat type of animal? 
Like, is that something that you could live with? I mean, sort of. <laughs> in a home. <laughs> I'm assuming sort they're like of. fantasy creatures, like they're not real. Do you want the next hint? Yeah, I like Yeah, can't. I would love a hint. Steve guessed this game already tonight. Animal Crossing? Yep. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Riveting. Pretty funny. You son of a bitch. Tom well, Nook, you bitch. <laughs> he's, he's at it again. That was another riveting rendition of Guess That Game. There were a couple of stumpers, but also a lot of fast guesses, you know? Yeah. Lots of variation that time. All in all, a very solid round. And before we get into the topic of the podcast, I have to mention that the topic and the whole show is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. And if you don't know, Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. Back to you, Matt. Well, we are going to move on to the topic of the pod, which is mechanics in video games that we think are great and perhaps changed gaming as we know it. And this is a topic we haven't talked about before. No, we Which is pretty exciting after 67 episodes. And the reason that we're talking about this topic is because as Apex Legends has come out, a lot of people have been commenting on how great the radial dial communication system is, yep. which I think we, everyone on our team that's played Apex Legends, like totally agrees that it's like unbelievably fantastic. And yes, really, you actually, you wrote about that in your review, which people can find on plusoneplayer.com slash read. Woo! Yeah, and so we were thinking about that, and, and that got us to think about, oh, what other mechanics do we do we love or do we take for granted at this uh, day and age? And, um, yeah, so we all came up with lists. And where should we start? Well, my favorite mechanic is Scooter from the Borderlands series. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a joke. Get it? Oh. He's a mechanic. I was going to do the same thing with uh, Chum Bucket from Mad Max. <laughs> Who's Chum Bucket? He's a mechanic. He's the he's the he's the mechanic. He's the dude who because he, he loves the fucking car. <laughs> oh, mechanic! Get it? Yeah. Get it? Get it? Sorry. <laughs> Who's my favorite mechanic? Uh... Jason Statham. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was in the movie The Mechanic. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Jesus. But that was the term Christ. for an assassin, though. He wasn't actually like a car mechanic. Oh yeah. I don't think I really have a favorite mechanic in a video game. <laughs> You're not playing enough games with cars. <laughs> I guess yeah. not. I'm not really into car games. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just start with one. One that I love that is becoming pretty common, but definitely came out like was definitely invented sometime in the last 10 years. I just don't yeah. know where. The sprint crouch slide. Yes. Sprint crouch Fantastic. slide. Oh my god, that's just so great. Takes place in like... a lot of shooters, Destiny, Titanfall, Apex Legends now, you are sprinting, you are running in a direction, you hit, normally on a keyboard you hit control, your person goes into a crouch, and they slide forward. Don't know if that's possible in real life, <laughs> but it is everywhere. Have you first. ever watched a baseball game? Like, they slide all the time. <laughs> I just mean, You just press just control mean, like, in your brain. No, I just mean, like, with guns and, like, I don't know, the cargo pants or whatever... Yeah, yeah, soldiers no. are wearing because <laughs> you can slide pretty far in some of those video games you can you can but i feel like sand and gravel make for a good surface to slide on yeah and in apex legends you slide in mud and like nobody's sliding in mud <laughs> you're getting stuck with in that it. amount of weight you got some good you're... mud pants <laughs> good mud mechanics you're going mudding go mud leave the dogs on the porch when you go mudding <laughs> <laughs> so that that phrase is from a bumper sticker I saw driving, <laughs> and it said, I don't know where we were, in Alabama or something. It was like, don't leave the dogs on the porch when you go mudding. Literally, <laughs> have not been able to know or figure out what that phrase means. It's been years. <laughs> it still haunts him. So if day. anybody can tell us, give us a call, 347 Let us know what it means to leave your dogs on the porch when you go mudding. <laughs> Please. Uh, but yeah, I think... Sprint crouch slide is like great. It adds I it adds like a certain fast paced dynamic to shooters, which I like a lot. Yeah. Instead of just like regular crouch or regular sprint, there's now like a 
halfway point that can get you behind cover, get you under doors. Yeah, I like it. I'm not sure who was the first studio to do it, but um, it's definitely commonplace now in those yeah. shooters. If you ever try to go back to a game that doesn't have it, or if a new yeah. game comes out, and for whatever reason they don't incorporate prone, or they don't incorporate the option to do the, the crouch slide, yeah, you start shaking your head and wondering, like, why didn't they put this in? Because I remember when the new Medal of Honor games came out for like PS3 and 360, they're really great. They're really well done. But for whatever reason, when you're playing multiplayer, you just couldn't go prone. Mm. So you could only crouch and stand and in like a military first person shooter, not being able to go prone. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen in gaming. Like, why would you not have that? So it is one of those things like when it's not there, you realize how much you miss it. And yeah. you realize like how much you rely on it for like those types of games, and it, it now it is just commonplace. Like I expect any type of first person shooter to incorporate the running, crouching, slide mechanic. I yeah f- fully expect it in every single game that comes out at this point, and I'm Same. shocked when it's not in one. <laughs> yeah, I know it's always like what? Why can't I do this? <laughs> that's cool. that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I agree. I do think it's a good one. Nice. Okay, if I may, I will go next. Oh, you may. <laughs> um, fast travel is one of my favorite game mechanics. Oh, interesting. So I love open world games, but there's times where it's like, okay, I don't have a lot of time to play a video game. Like, let's say I only have like 45 minutes, but I want to play something. I don't want to spend half of that time just traversing the map to get where I need to go to advance the story. I don't know the origins of fast travel. All I know is bless whoever did because it just makes life so much easier. And I am I know there's people out there who like don't like it. Like, oh, it ruins the immersion. But you don't have to fast travel if you don't want to in most cases. So Yeah. You can stay as immersed as you want to be, mm. you know? Like, it's there for people who don't have the time to retrace all of their steps again. Could you imagine... If fucking Skyrim didn't have fast travel. (laughs) I actually, that was the one game I was going to bring up where I was like, I think there's too much fast travel. You can go to like every single point that you discover and fast travel there. I feel like if it was like, I feel like if it was slightly less, like maybe you can't fast travel to caves or you can't fast travel to, I don't know, bandit outposts. And like you had to go more to like the nearest point. Mm -hmm. I think I would have liked that. I think they went a tiny bit overboard with it. Okay. I can, I can see that. Like in The Witcher, where you can only fast travel to the other uh, signposts. Yeah. I yeah, like it was there. was like God of War as well. When, mm. when you eventually finally do unlock fast travel in God of War, it's only the specific doorways. Like you have to go to a point where there's another uh, doorway. Yeah. That's a good one, though, for a good reason, too. Yeah. Definitely cuts down on time. Exactly. Your girl don't got time sometimes, okay? I need to fast travel. Well, yeah, because whenever the whenever a game offers it, like I, I I look at like Horizon Zero Dawn, and then most of the Ubisoft games where it's like the checkpoint type of open world, where it's like you just have to go knock off a bunch of things and clear outposts and clear territories. But with Horizon Zero Dawn, there was like the long necks. You hack what? them so you can you can start seeing the whole. Uh, it opens up the map, and then you can start going to different places and unlocking new fast travel locations. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Ubisoft, like those types of games. And so I, that's like the first thing I always do is I'll go do the, whatever I have to do to open up the rest of the map so I can see where all the stuff is and then start going to the locations that'll open up fast travel options because eventually mm. you will get to those later points in the game where you have to go back and forth between territories and you don't want to go all the way, whether you're driving, flying, or some games you just have to walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, fast travel is a beautiful thing. Yeah, agreed. So, for my first one, I'm actually going right back to the world of first-person shooters. And this is what I was talking about with Resistance. Is again, I know this, wasn't, this didn't originate in Resistance by any means, mm-hmm. but I think they did a good job with it. I was very upset when they got rid of it in the second one, because then it just felt like a typical first-person shooter. It didn't have any, mm. you know pizzazz as they say as they but say. then they brought it back in the third one and it, it all was right in the world and this mechanic is the weapon wheel i fucking love the weapon wheel because it lets you carry multiple different weapons that have different characteristics different traits they're used for different things throughout the missions 
and it takes Wait, away what, the st- is, what do you mean by weapon wheel the weapon wheel so you don't just hit like for example on the ps4 control you don't just hit triangle and you rotate between two different firearms you have you hit like l1 and it opens up the weapon oh wheel like another where you could yeah a dial situation it's another dial situation, but this is the weapon wheel. And the reason why I bring up the resistance series <laughs> I just is want because you to say weapon wheel as many times oh, as possible. We could do a we could do a supercut for the blooper reel. The weapon wheel. Weapon wheel. weapon wheel. Weapon wheel. Weapon wheel. So, and the first one, because resistance was right around a launch title for PS3, and it, it was actually I think it's one of the most underrated series of all time. The story's amazing. The, the gameplay is super smooth. The weapons are cool. The enemies, the Chimera, are fucking terrifying. There's a weapon like wheel. There's a weapon wheel, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In the first one, it was great because they had so many different types of cool weapons. This is what I'm talking about, where I said you know it's a futuristic look of the past because it takes place in like the 1940s, 1950s, mm-hmm. but they use a lot more of these futuristic weapons because these alien race has invaded you know Europe and Russia and now America. Oh. And so you have to start figuring out how to use their weapons against them. And different weapons are used to take on different enemies. Mm -hmm. And the access to the weapon wheel makes (laughs) it so easy to cycle between those. And you don't have to worry about like, oh, you know, I'm going to use this one for a little bit because I know that this type of enemy is here. But then I have to drop it and take a different weapon because I know there's a different enemy around the corner. And that's what you had to do in the second one. And I hated it. I really wish they didn't get rid of that mechanic because I realized how much I missed it after playing the first one and then having to go back to just being able to cycle between two weapons because Resistance was all about that. They were all about, you know, different variations of trying Mm. to... They were just different strategies to beating them. You had to use different weapons. And so, yeah, I guess it added a strategic element where you had to kind of figure out which weapon you wanted to carry and this and that. But more often than not, that just felt like a nuisance, not really like a real strategy I was trying to incorporate because there was no reason for that game to put a limit on like your inventory, if we're being completely honest, Mm. because there was no other inventory management that you ever had to do. Like you could pick up pretty much as much as you needed. Then they brought the weapon wheel back in three and it was (laughs) it was great. I missed it so much Mm -hmm. because it was like that moment where I was like, holy shit, I really understand how much I appreciated this mechanic. And how much I missed it and how much it made the second one just feel like a just run-of-the-mill first-person shooter. And so I love seeing it when... Because you can even kind of put it in a game like Resident Evil or um, The Last of Us. Because technically you have your choice. You can carry multiple weapons at a time. But both of those games focus more on survival horror. So they make you really figure out how to manage your inventory. It's a little bit more stressful. But in those like first person shooter games that they have like a you know, an actual single player campaign where they try to introduce a variation of weapons, I think it's cool to give the people an option without having to worry about maintaining that inventory. Yeah, Mass Effect kind of did that with the weapon wheel. I like that. It's like oh, <laughs> I love weapon wheels. Literally every fucking time. The weapon wheel. <laughs> They're fun. I like them. It's like, oh hold on, let me just swap yeah. this real quick. I have a weapon related one, but it doesn't involve a weapon wheel. Oh. It doesn't involve a weapon wheel? It doesn't involve a weapon oh, wheel. Weapon wheel. I, is it okay it doesn't involve a weapon wheel? It's okay it doesn't involve a weapon wheel. Okay, so beyond the weapon wheel, <laughs> at some point in history, some developer, like an individual, was like, instead of pressing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 to switch guns, I'm going to make it so that if you scroll on your mouse wheel, you can <laughs> switch your gun. And whoever made that decision, it is now in, like, every shooter since that point in time. Yeah. As a new PC boy, it is a, it's, it's very nice to be able to quickly rotate between weapons. Yeah. Especially if, it's, if you only have, like, two or three weapons. Like, all you need is the scroll. Like, in an Unreal tournament where there is, like, nine guns, like, sometimes pressing the number key is the ideal option to switch you to that gun quickly. But in a, gun, in a game... Like Apex Legends, only have two guns and a grenade. Like, I'm using the mouse wheel to switch between guns. So, shout out to that individual. You're the best. And that's that. <laughs> I Like, that. I can't even re- I can't so, remember the earliest game. Technically, I guess, though, you could also call that a weapon wheel. <laughs> oh. I guess it's a literal wheel. So, it's a, li- a weapon literal wheel. Weapon wheel. And then I'm just going to go right into my next one, which is tilting in Rainbow Six. The, oh yes, yes, the like, yes. Whoop. Oh, I was yeah. like, whoop. what? Like, 
Like it's very it's so fluid in that game. Q and E to go whoop and whoop, which is a like a, a left tilt or a right tilt. Yeah, for the listeners at home, because yeah. again, this is a podcast, so you moving <laughs> side to side doesn't do anything and saying, for the listeners. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, whoop whoop means he's going side to side. <laughs> yeah, so you can be like standing at a corner, and you can tilt out and look down the hallway. And I'm not sure what what where that originated either. I know it's definitely been in. It's other been in other games, yeah. but. I don't think it's ever been as smooth as it is in Siege. Yeah. Because there were so many other times, because I think it happened in, uh, it might have been the Medal of Honor game, so I think it might have been like a Battlefield game. Because I remember Mm -hmm. in a first-person shooter, I had the tilt mechanic. But it wasn't so much that you would press a button to do it. If Mm. you were just aiming near a corner, they would automatically tilt. Oh, ew. And so that led to sometimes they do it, sometimes they wouldn't, where this is just assigned a button. And it's funny because, like, if you just hit Q, then you're just walking around tilted. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's kind of funny. But, and the reason I think it's a good mechanic is because now when I play another shooter, I instinctively will hit Q or E to tilt around a corner, and I can't do it. And I really think it should be in more games because it's it's a little bit more realistic, too. You know, if I'm at a corner or I'm undercover... And I don't want to completely remove myself from that cover. I'm going to edge to the side a little bit. Right. And try and look around the corner. So it, it just like feels good to have that option. And so, yeah, Siege does it really well. I think it's a great mechanic. And I wish it was in more games. As yeah. we, we, we see like the sprint crouch slide become really popular. But we haven't seen the, the like tilt mechanic become popular and i think it's a really good one that should be in more games more shooters Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i totally agree yeah oh good makes sense (laughs) and that's and that's that so back to the weapon wheel (laughs) (laughs) okay so another one i have is destructible environments so oh yes some of the first instances of this would include Games like Gunfight or Space Invaders, where you could take cover behind destructible objects. Although, if you want to say more recent examples, would be Rampage in 1986, the arcade version, or mm. in Doom from 1993 where you had the explosive barrels uh nothing is more satisfying than making my way through an area and just blowing or breaking things i am looking for like hitting goodies if possible i love doing that yeah. or like when you leave an area and you come back and it's still ruined it's like oh i love this like i yeah. or in fighting games where you have like the environment is interactable as well and destructive like in the dragon ball z fighter games they have that i think that's really cool as well hmm. i love those yeah i remember i think there was uh street fighter mm-hmm. 2 had like moderate destructible environments so i remember there was one of the maps like you throw people through like yeah. trash cans and stuff and that uh, i thought that was really cool yes. at the time and now they even implement that stuff into like fighting games yeah which i love like oh, yeah. uh yeah moral combat what's the injustice like they all have things yep. that you can like either throw or <laughs> in environment a, like in, you break yourself through the environment in a, stuff in, like that in mortal Kombat. There's a there's a stage where you're in like the desert and there's an old woman you can pick her up and throw her. <laughs> it's That's so hilarious. Funny. It's so funny, but I like yeah. how they use it as a transition scene too. I, and I think they did some uh-huh. real combat where, like, if you use a certain move, you can throw them through the stage to another one. That I think right. that's really right cool. right to a different oh, yeah. section that's, of the level. That's really yeah, cool to me. I think some of the best destructible environments I've seen have been in the Battlefield series. Yeah. Like Battlefield Four, when I first played that on PS4, and I remember because that was the first time they had like the sixty-four person multiplayer okay. maps with Conquest, hmm. and so Conquest was basically just like this giant map five location capture the flat well not i guess like domination actually more so like you just had to capture the points mm-hmm. and hold them but all of the environments were completely destructible so by the mm-hmm. end of the map you would just look out over just like smoldering rubble of like skyscrapers that came tumbling That's down awesome. which was also some of the coolest moments like if you were stuck on the top of a skyscraper when you started to hear it you're like uh-oh we're going down <laughs> we're going you just down have to try to jump to parachute off and if you if you got it in time you could parachute off and then just look and watch it all fall. And it was just mm. like a wild moment. And that's probably one of the main reasons I played so much Battlefield 4. 
Steve. So yeah, oh, back to me. <laughs> so my next one, and this is a very recent one because this came from the Resident Evil 2 remake. Hmm. And this is now a mechanic that I want to see in any narrative-driven game where you have to pick up quest items oh, or just items I in general. I think I know what this inventory is. Inventory management. Yes, it's when you are done using an item, like yeah. for example, a key. When you've unlocked all the doors that are locked with that specific key, Resident Evil Two Remake does a great little thing where it gives you a little check mark in the inventory, basically telling you you can huh. throw this thing away. Yep. And it's wonderful because RE2 is very much all about survival and it's all about maintaining that inventory. And eventually, like, you rank up and you expand your inventory space. But even when you have, like, max space, there's still moments where you're kind of pressed for space. Like, you're running out of room. And because by the time that you, like, get to the end of the game, most of the guns you have after you've ranked them up and, like, combined them with different parts, most of those guns will take up two spaces in your inventory. And so that mm. and that adds up if you have all four guns. And so that little mechanic where it's just like, hey, you don't need this anymore. Get rid of it. It's absolutely beautiful. Yes. And yeah. I want to see every narrative-driven game do that from here on out. If you're if you're going to make me manage my inventory, give me that little nugget. Just give me that little piece. Yeah. I- <laughs> Something related is uh, in like MMOs and other RPGs. Now, when you go to a merchant after you've like, collected all your stuff and whatever you can hit a button that says like sell junk yes. or sell all junk and it just gets oh, rid of yes. the stuff that has no use That's the best. Yep. which is so helpful because you don't have to figure anything out yep. you just sell that crap and vendor trash yes. it's, it's yep. very helpful instead of having to like sort through it all and try and figure it yep. out i think the witcher 3 did that i know Elder i know Schools guild wars because mm-hmm. you can you can mark things as junk in your inventory, yeah. and then you can just sell. All I like your when junk. it does right. it for yeah. you, though, <laughs> so I don't have to sit there and yeah. read oh, all yeah, the descriptions sure. where it's like can be sold to vendor. That's usually I'm like, okay, I'm not going to use this for anything. But I the yeah. Resident Evil Two thing. I was watching a playthrough yesterday with Matt, and they and one of the guys was like, oh yeah, so if you see that it has like a red check or the red X, you could just toss it. Like it's done and it's never it doesn't have to be used again. I'm like that's incredible. Mm. As someone who's really oh, bad so at inventory good. management and hoards everything like a squirrel, like that's oh. phenomenal. It's such a small thing, but it, it it's such a quality mm-hmm. of life like improvement that right. I really hope other games start to. <laughs> start to mimic because honestly it, it was just the best when i was like oh cool done with that don't have to put it in a storage yeah. box i can literally just throw it away oh uh, yeah that is phenomenal i love that so shout out resident evil 2 what a great remake by the way uh, shout out tom nook <laughs> shout out tom nook and his nephews don't forget his nephews okay here are my last one and this is mostly in mmos and i'm not sure where it orig- originated I know my earliest experience with it was a game called Wildstar. And it was when you're fighting enemies, and it was usually a boss, one of the mechanics that was introduced was, like, danger areas that would map onto the ground, like red circles or red red boxes, where an ability the boss was going to use was going to hit that space, yeah. and you have to yeah. move out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's in like Final Fantasy fourteen now. It's in other games yep. that are usually like you're controlling a character from like in an RPG third person sort of perspective. And it just makes combat in those games more interesting. Like it changed yeah. MMOs a little bit because it, it just made in, in WoW you would stand in a spot, shoot your abilities or sword the person and that would be it. And then all of a sudden, now you have this mechanic where, oh, I can't just stay in one place anymore. It's I have to manage my movement and manage my the timing of my skills. And then they could just do increasingly complex things with boss fights, which I feel like Final Fantasy XIV has really taken on, uh, especially using this particular uh, mechanic. Yeah. And so I thought it was a big improvement for MMO combat, which could be very boring, where you're just standing there like, pressing two three four five you know over and over again and now you have to manage your movement too so i thought that was like a big leap for boss combat in mmos and that's why i wanted to bring it up it also is like helpful like to help you strategize where to go because one of my gripes with kingdom hearts so far is in the couple of Mm. boss fights where 
Um, like there's a lot of movement going around. Things are getting thrown at you. Like it's, I have bad depth perception. So I'm sitting there like, um, okay, is it gonna hit me? I can't tell. And then, oh, okay. Mm. Sora is dying. (laughs) Donald, please. (laughs) So. Donald, you bitch. (laughs) And there's not a lot of leeway to be like, oh, okay. There's a shadow coming. I know I can move out of the way because that's Mm. where it's going to hit me. It's you just have to kind of jump around and hope you don't get hit by something, which is really, really annoying. And I like that yeah. Final Fantasy shows like, OK, this is like the, you know, AOE where it's going to hit or what's right, going to be right. affected. I yeah. think it just it makes it more interesting. And I think it helps simplify things at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Any others? I have two. I have, I have two I others have, that are more settings. Yeah, I have. I have one. Last I have a whole one. list, okay. but I'll, I'd only do one more. Steve, do you want to go? No, go. <laughs> oh, you can go next. You can okay. go next. Give us your top two on your list <laughs> remaining. So my next one is limb focusing. For example, as seen in Fallout oh. and in Dead Space. Oh, yeah, that. Yes. Oh, interesting. So instead of just being like, all right, let me just plug a thousand bullets into your chest cavity, like actually being able to uh knock down an opponent by like you take out their leg and now they're incapacitated and you can kind of keep going at that or the vat system and fallout i think is really interesting and cool and would be nice to see more of in first person shooters not necessarily like oh let me slow down and slow time to shoot you but you know actually okay i shot this person in the arm now they can't use it or it's harder for them to use their weapon i think that'd be interesting to see in more video games i actually yeah. hate vats i know that's an unpopular opinion but i think it slows down combat so much well it does because it's like i know right unpopular opinion i know a lot of people really love it but i think it I know, slows I know, down combat too much we definitely have to do uh, a hot takes too yes episode. yes hot takes too fast two takes <laughs> i do like the ability to target body parts and that have an effect on the enemy instead of just bullet sponging i do agree Mm -hmm. yes hit us with another one christine okay i like the option of having a mount while traveling and this definitely applies more to open world rpgs but my god yeah i don't want to play walking simulator 5000 let me have a horse or a big dog or a cat or something or a big dog (laughs) a wolf what a wolf i don't Like in what <laughs> game have you ridden a big dog across the map? Well, I mean, I want to know. Play as a dog in Okami, <laughs> oh, and in okay. Legend of Zelda, um, Twilight, whatever. When you're Wolf Prince Link, boy. <laughs> I feel like you're just like moving around the map quick. I do. <laughs> That's like your major Listen, theme. Listen, I always wanted a horse growing up. I gotta live vicariously through oh. video games. Her, her, like, coup de gras would be a horse that exclusively does fast travel. <laughs> but I also, I yeah. love it specifically in The Witcher 3 because it's not just, like, okay, I own the horse. Like, he interacts Roach. with Roach, and it's so funny. Roach. What are you doing, Roach? Yes. And that he, and, you and it's not like he'll just be like, oh. You bastard, Jinsmith. No, we're not doing this. I refuse. In Breath of the Wild... You can summon, like, you can tame wild horses and then uh, bring them to the stable. I thought that was really cool. Like, it's not just, oh, you have Epona. Like, no, you have to work for this horse. If you want to ride a horse, got to work for it. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I always love that in Red Dead, too, the the, the horse taming aspect. Because it was kind of challenging. Like, some of them would be tough. I remember. I don't like horse taming. (laughs) Let me walk up to the horse and get on it. You are a horse. It's fine. That's true. You just don't, you can't yeah. be tamed. You're hidden in a map and you can't be tamed. Hidden in maps. Waiting to be tamed. Nice. Steve, what's your last one? I got one last one. And if you thought we were going to make it through a topic without me mentioning Kojima, <laughs> you're all fools. Because oh. this is like, a, a, it's one that kind of built on itself from Metal Gear Solid 3 to 4. And 3, it introduced the idea of finding different camouflage uniforms to use in different areas of the game because Mm -hmm. the camouflage would help you hide in plain sight which worked because it was you know taking place in during the cold war and it was in a jungle which just by you know geography it wouldn't have existed but hey video games and so you're in a jungle and so naturally the whole idea is it's a stealth espionage game so what better way than to hide than with camouflage and it was really cool to 
pick up different camos and mix and match and use the face paint and make sure to try to make yourself like the most invisible you could possibly be while just laying right in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. But then four went above and beyond because, you know, it had the PS3 technology. So Kojima kind of figured out exactly how to use PS3 at an early year, I guess, because in 2008, a lot of games still didn't really know how to how to use that system yet. But Metal Gear Solid 4 was stunning, and it introduced the um, the octocamouflage, which would change with whatever you were lying on or lying against. And so it just made it really cool because it was like a nice aspect where he was trying to be a more open-world espionage game, and so he had to give you better ways to hide, and that camouflage was great. Uh, Legend of Zelda does that in with some games where like you get the water tunic or the fire tunic and the boots and stuff. Yeah, and you swap them out for like appropriate times, so it's not just. Oh know. yeah, I, I yeah, it, it's not just it's not. Oh, just no, Kojima, no. But that's where that's where I played it, and so that, that that's where I relate. No, to, of course. I know Matt is a huge Kojima fan because he's he's looking at it, he's smiling, he's <laughs> probably got so many thoughts about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, bested snake. <laughs> what are your thoughts? on it uh i just remember the invisibility in halo in multiplayer mm. solid times solid yeah, that times. invisibility buff. i didn't play it yet because backlog halo no but in in the new tomb raider game isn't there like parts where you like have to camouflage yourself in mud right steve in the new oh yeah 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 with the mud that was a cool little mechanic because you you'd cover yourself in mud and you get to hide against walls so people oh i'm excited i can't wait to play it that's how i hide against walls (laughs) against your white wall just at work (laughs) it's my white wall or work or in the city (laughs) like why is he covered up and people don't even know that the wall is just like (laughs) cream they don't even think twice because it's new york they're just like okay yeah Uh, there's a guy dripping in mud (laughs) against that wall okay Screaming about wanting an Aldrin Saab Funko Pop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Someday you'll get it, man. If we just keep highlighting you on Twitter. I'm honestly come. surprised that whoever, man, whatever the social media person is on that Funko account, I'm surprised I have not <laughs> made this into a thing. Well, that was a fun discussion on game mechanics. So if you folks have any that you'd like to bring up that you really love that you can't live without that you think we take for granted give us a call at 347-509-5620 and let us know or if you want to talk about any of the ones we talked about also give us a call we'd love to hear from you or join the discord or do that so matt before we get into patch notes who is our sponsor of patch notes our sponsor of patch notes is evil Tim. Evil Tim Industries is a multinational corporation bringing destruction and despair upon many lands. Evil Tim Industries is a also a 501c3 nonprofit <laughs> helping those who believe in evil accomplish evil. Evil wow. Tim Industries. <laughs> evil yesterday, evil today for more evil tomorrow <laughs> thanks tim thanks thank you tim thank you all right and now we're up for patch notes this is patch notes 2.14.19 where we discuss the latest news that broke since last we spoke i'll go first okay <laughs> so my patch notes is about nintendo direct which announced a lot of new games coming out uh this year the article I'm referencing is from The Verge by Andrew Webster. That's a first on the on the program. The nine biggest announcements from today's Nintendo Direct, which took place yesterday. Uh, I think the biggest news out of that for most folks was sort of the hype around Link's Awakening returning next year. Yes. Uh, which he writes, Beloved Zelda adventure Link's Awakening is coming to the Switch with a full-on 3D remake. Looks like a more charming take on the top-down style of A Link Between Worlds. It looks like uh, it looks like Pokemon Let's Go. <laughs> it literally looks Zelda. like po- Pokemon Let's yeah. Go for Zelda. <laughs> and then, let's see. I think another big announcement was that Super Smash Bros. will be getting a huge or quite large update, which is pretty yeah. exciting. I feel like the hype around that game has sort of died off fairly quickly. quickly. I mean... Yeah, so, people are playing I mean, it. Like, yeah. kind of, sort of, right? 
feel like there's just other other stuff people are talking about. I thought it was going to well, have a I longer feel, I runway. I feel like it's one of those things that it, it's only going to hold your attention if you're like really big into fighters anyway. I guess so. Because um, like it's a lot of fun, but you know, if I want to go play it, I'd rather just play it when I have like friends here or right. like, get a crew to play online. I don't, yeah. yeah. Now that now that I've unlocked all the fighters, I don't really have a, a, a an itch to go back yeah, and do yeah. the single. Player It'll mode. get brought That's up true. again when they decide to announce more DLC characters. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I did notice that because the Damon X Machina that demo, I actually have that downloading. I'm, I'm, I want to try that out. But one nice. of the cool things I saw, Hellblade: Son of yeah. a Sacrifice, is going to Switch. So that that was kind of that's cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I'm also excited about Super Mario Maker Two. Yeah, because that game is one of my favorite games to watch stream of streams of. If you haven't yeah. watched people like trying to do the super hard <laughs> levels that people that other folks build. It's like one of the most entertaining things to watch on stream. So highly recommend it. And I'm excited they're making it too. So that uh, that'll be more popular as well. So yeah, that's all that I have. And I was just telling Steve this before we started too. I really want Nintendo like build a new IP or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Like I like the remakes and all that stuff. And I, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. think they are. It was, but... It's cool to see something like Assassin's Creed 3 getting remastered and put to the Switch. <laughs> oh I'm my gonna, God. It's like one of those things where no, it's like, the memes did anybody coming... really ask for Assassin's Creed <laughs> the 3? The memes but... coming out of that, yeah. it's like... <laughs> it, it is cool. It's like, we want AC, uh, like meaning Animal Crossing. And it's the Animal Crossing like sign, but it's Assassin's uh, Creed. I That's died. pretty funny. Yeah. I think it's cool just because it like it gives a chance for that to happen in the future, like more AC games going to the yeah. Switch. I will say, um, what was it? Link's Awakening was my first Legend of Zelda game I played. Oh no, yeah. okay. so oh. I'm kind of like, aw, I don't have a Switch, but aw. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a couple of things that I pulled from that. Uh, I do think Yoshi's Crafted World looks like it'll be a delight, just like Mario Odyssey was. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm gonna pick that up and just enjoy every second of it. Really looks like a delight. Yeah, I agree. and then I noticed Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. They they showed a little bit more of that. I'm very curious to see about how that game is gonna play out because I know it's pretty much like a, a revamped mobile game in a sense. So I'm, I'm interested to see what kind mm. of depth there's gonna be with that. Just because, obviously, like I love the Marvel Universe, so you got my interest peaked. But I want to see if there's actually going to be a reason to kind of pick that game up and play it. Because mm. it'd be cool if there was. And there's a chance to play like online with friends and you know local co-op with friends. So that's very intriguing as well. Mm-hmm. So interested to see where that goes. But yeah, I want to I want to play the demo for Damon X Machina. See where that goes. But and last one, I have to bring it up. Mm-hmm. We've talked about battle royales a lot. <laughs> on this show I tell you and we were always wondering like we always joke about like what's the next battle royale I gotta tell you Tetris battle royale took me by surprise and it's still 24 hours later still very funny to me (laughs) you you can play it I understand like people are people are having a good time with it I don't and I don't doubt it I bet it's a fun game because Tetris is it's a classic it's a fun game but like the concept of Tetris battle royale just on paper is a very amusing concept to me (laughs) so that's all I got for that (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. Which is also an amusing concept for me. It's a little much. All in all, good yes. direct. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Who wants to go next? I'll go if that's okay, Steve. Yeah. All right. So for my patch notes, coming at you from mm-hmm. Polygon by Chelsea Stark, Hollow Knight developers announce a full sequel, Silk Song. It's so yes. exciting. So uh, this is... That game is so good, the first one. I know. I know. I got it, and I'm like, wow, I actually really enjoy this, Mm -hmm. even though it's, like, appropriately challenging for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Same. (laughs) Yes. So I believe it was... Yes, this morning they announced... Developer Team Cherry announced that they're giving a full sequel from Hollow Knight called Hollow Knight Silksong, uh, taken directly from the article. Silksong stars Hornet, the princess mm. protector of Hollow Nest from the previous game, who provides some challenging fights against the main protagonist, the knight. According to a blog post by indie studio Team Cherry, Hornet was kidnapped and taken to a whole new kingdom haunted by Silk and Song. Her journey through to that kingdom's peak takes her past 150 new enemy types and through vivid environments like coral forests, mossy grottos, gilded cities, and misted moors. Get that grossy, mossy grotto. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) You can't even say it. 
Oh. <laughs> um, it also mentions that she'll have different moves and abilities and the ability to craft traps and mechanisms. So, Oh, crafting. The same composer, uh, Christopher Larkin, will also be uh, making music for this one as well. So I'm really excited for this because yeah. the first one is quite enjoyable. First one's so good. Yeah. Like if anyone is listening and have not good. played Hollow Knight, you should go and buy it and play it. I, it's what, maybe 15 or $20 on Steam? And yeah. it goes on sale a lot. Yeah. So Steam, it's also on the Switch. I, Shout out for Switch Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'd, I'd yes. probably get it on the Switch. Yeah, it's Steve. It's really good. I might have to try it. Like I'm not a big platformer, Metroidvania person. It's really good. Yeah, you would love it. Yeah, definitely. I have, to, I have to give it a look see, as they say. <laughs> the old look see. The old look see. Hey, look at this. I'm happy that it got a sequel though, because I, I I've heard a lot about it. I've read a lot about it, so I knew it was a, a you know a critically acclaimed game. Mm-hmm. And I have been getting more into the the platformers because of the Switch, so mm-hmm. might have to might have to dabble here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, this also says that the team said everyone who backed the Kickstarter for the original game back in 2014 will receive the sequel for free, oh, and you'll be able to what? Wow. Yeah, amazing. you'll be able you'll be able to pick the Switch as your like platform of choice. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. Like, what yeah. a way to yeah. like. Be connected with your community and show appreciate appreciation for the appreciation. people that <laughs> I can't pronounce it. We can't what do a words way to tonight. show appreciation for the people that like helped build them up. I think that's awesome. No, that's I why I love indie an games. Touch. Yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. indie developers. Yeah, so there's much a lot of there. there's a lot of indie games coming out this year. I'm so excited about for sure. It's gonna be a great year. And speaking of looking ahead. This article I pulled uh, from IGN by Colin Stevens is titled Amy Hennig feels there will be a revolution in how we receive game content from this is from DICE, the DICE Awards that actually just took place. Well, the DICE Summit, excuse me. Yeah, it's a summit. It's a summit. How dare I? (laughs) Get it right. Going into the article, during a DICE Summit 2019 conversation between Amy Hennig and Tim Schafer, Hennig discussed narrative games, excuse me, Hennig discussed narrative in games, streaming, accessibility to a wider audience, and more. Hennig, best known for her work on Uncharted, spoke about her canceled Star Wars project with Visceral Games and making narrative games as a whole. As much as we would all very much own the fact that we love to play these narrative games, these things that are very intentionally authored, structured like familiar stories from film or TV or theater, and they're by definition finite. It's becoming harder and harder to make those games anymore, said Hennig, partly because of business model and cost of development, but I think it's a shame. Jumping off from that, Hennig feels that the games industry is potentially set to change with the rise of streaming, saying, we're at this inflection point, everything's going to change. We don't know, is there another console generation after this next one? Is everything just going to be streaming to us the way music and TV and movies do? Once we have that widespread adoption of 5G, is it just going to be something we take for granted like we do with music and TV and film now that, you know, at the touch of a button, you are now in the experience? And even better than that, is it going to reach people that we haven't traditionally reached that don't consider themselves gamers. I'm excited about the fact that we may be able to crack into a much bigger audience that would actually welcome interactive content, Hannah continued. Most of them are stealth gamers anyway. They turn on a Netflix show and play a game on their iPad at the same time. Why don't we just make something for those people so that they are not multitasking? There's a feeling there's a huge shift coming in two to five years, maybe a little bit longer, where our content is going to be able to reach people a lot more frictionlessly than in the past. We should be starting to make things for them now. And so we've talked about this a few times already this year, and of course going back to last year, like the future of gaming with, you know, the next generation of consoles, how is streaming going to be incorporated in it? And we've heard for years, you know, like the death of single player games, narrative driven games are kind of going by the wayside. And so we all know, because you look at the success of God of War, Spider-Man, Detroit Become Human, so many really strong narrative-driven games have done well. And even Red Dead, I'll, I'll, I'll put Red Dead in there because when it, when it sold, it only sold and shipped with the campaign. It didn't have Red Dead yeah. Online until a month after the fact. And like Everybody knew Red Dead Online was coming, but even to this day, you know, months after the fact, it's still very bare bones. So there's still a lot of work to be done on Red Dead Online. So people were, when they were putting their money, their 60 bucks into Red Dead, they were buying for that campaign. So yeah. the single-player yeah. narrative-driven games are still strong. But this idea of, you know, the streaming aspect, how that could impact mm-hmm. narrative 
driven games it that's something that hasn't brought been brought up before and it's very interesting to me because i would hate to see that have like an inverse effect where all of a sudden we're going more towards streaming and now we lose some of those games because like she said like i think there are a lot more people who enjoy those games that are are saying they do and it, it would be a bummer to just kind of see that shift yeah as much as i love like playing with friends i've always mostly been like a single player the narrative driven kind of person and yeah i that would make me so sad to like lose that same here you know? because uh it, it, like the, the article is very good i'd recommend uh, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes because it is a little bit long mm-hmm. but i'd recommend people go check it out because obviously we know amy hennig she um she just won the, friend, the friend of the show award <laughs> i wish because <laughs> <laughs> i know she just won a recent like lifetime achievement award and yeah obviously her work in the uncharted series she's well respected she's done some amazing things um so seeing her perspective on it is very interesting because i I, like i said i'd really hate to see uh, a shift towards streaming lead to a shift towards less of these narrative driven games i know there's some topics brought up like maybe they move towards that more episodic structure like you see in like a telltale and like the life is strange games and I agree because a lot of these people can sit back and even if they're not active gamers, they can sit back and watch those things take place. So it's kind of trying to figure out like, how do we get those people who are passive gamers to become active gamers? Interesting. That sounds like a really cool article. Stop playing Candy Crush. <laughs> Karen. And that has been Patch Notes. All right. So I do think it is now time to wind down episode 67 we've had a great time and if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes we've done go on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on whether it be spotify google podcast apple podcast stitcher tune in iheart radio podcast addict pocketcast whatever it may be give us a like leave us a review subscribe to us it goes a long way and we really appreciate the support and if you've enjoyed this or anything else we've produced, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because all of your money will go right into our show to make it the best it could possibly be. Come on and join that rad group of Patreon supporters. We would love to have you. And just one last reminder, this Saturday, February 23rd, from 9 a.m. Eastern Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we are doing a charity stream with our good friends at Critical Reviews. Every single dollar donated will go right to Canines for Warriors, And again, they're a great organization who is pairing service dogs with veterans. Go and check them out at caninesforwarriors.org. And we hope to see you this Saturday, February 23rd, 9 a.m. sharp at twitch.tv slash plus one player. We can't wait for this lovely charity stream. So we wide down episode 67, as we always do. We really hope that you've enjoyed this as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And with all that... Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon. And that has been Weapon Wheel. Yes. Weapon Wheel is also a song set to the tune of Wagon Wheel. Rock me, mama, like a weapon wheel. Shoot, shoot me, those enemies. Hey, hey, mama, shoot me. <laughs> My God. Yikes. Shotgun sniper and an FSMG. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a pistol for me. Hey, Hey, mama Mama shoot shoot me. me. (laughs) Oh, my God.